Father, um, stand before you this Ash Wednesday and before your church, and I ask that you guide my words, that you guide my heart, Lord. Um, open our ears, our minds, our imaginations to, to commune with you on this Ash Wednesday. Amen. May be seated. Good afternoon. Pastor Anthony, if I haven't met you. Um, Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of Lent. I wasn't expecting this, but as um, we were, Pastor Martin and myself and Jim and Terry were standing up front, um, watching people slowly trickle in to the sanctuary, um, there was a heaviness on my heart. It's Ash Wednesday, but it's also what? Valentine's Day, right? And it almost, it's this strange uh, contrast where many of us may be going out to dinner later. If you are, today's an awful day to go to dinner. Go like tomorrow night. I'm going to go home, pick up my son. We have little gifts for him. And, uh, but right now I'm marking crosses on your forehead, reminding you you're going to die. As I was sitting there and seeing people come in, seeing some of our older members, where death is a much more real thing for them. Then we have newborn babies here. And as I was standing over there and I'm fighting back tears this way, I remember last year, Pastor Danner preached Ash Wednesday and, and he was crying because <laughs> the weight of death is real. And maybe it's because I've been a pastor here. I've gone through the cycle of, of the Christmases and Easter, and I've gotten to know your stories. And even sitting here on this Ash Wednesday, we have loved ones who aren't here anymore. Many of you know my family. We're, we're in the middle of grieving the loss of my mother-in-law. Five months ago, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Four and a half months after that diagnosis, she's with the Lord. And as I'm standing here, putting ashes on your forehead, I'm moved to tears of, of grief from what I'm walking through with my family, but also because I'm angry. Really, Lord? This, why? <laughs> we shouldn't have to be marking ourselves with ashes, reminding one another that we are destined to die. For the oldest saint in this room and for the babies who are a couple months old, death is coming. I find myself a bit angry at the end of the, the Old Testament reading where we're saying, God, where are you? Right? I know many of you feel that way as, I, as I'm putting the ashes on you knowing you lost your spouse this year. You lost a sister. You lost a marriage, a dream. For 
for many of us, when we think about the word of the word sin, we think of the bad things we do, right? And and Jesus lists some things in his in our gospel reading: sexual immorality, grief, theft, slander. Those are all bad things. But you see, we were reminded on Ash Wednesday, as, as myself and Pastor Martin, mark with your forehead, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. It's not because you do bad things. The reality is, is because every single human being, all of creation is, in, creation is infected with a curse. See, the reason I, I am a bit angry on this Ash Wednesday is because our first parents, Adam and Eve, were in paradise with the Lord, walking with him hand in hand. But yet, they rejected his kingdom, his intimacy, his friendship. For what they wanted. You see, it wasn't Eve eating the fruit that brought curse upon all. It was the fact that humans' hearts, Adam and Eve's hearts, were broken. Something, we don't know how, we don't know why, the scriptures don't explain it, but something happened in their hearts that hardened it towards God, and because of that, we are all now infected with the disease of sin. That our broken, twisted, sinful hearts will one day cease beating and we will either be put in the ground or burned into ashes. That's it. It's over. You see, Jesus in our gospel reading, he, he's dealing with the heart. In the beginning of Matthew 15, Matthew writes that the Pharisees, the scribes, the really religious people, and we often go, ooh, the Pharisees and scribes, they were such hypocrites. They were, but like they were trying to love Yahweh. <laughs> they were, I mean, they were holy and righteous before the Lord and their actions. And they come down from Jerusalem to Jesus and his disciples in Galilee. It's about a 90-mile trek. It's a far trip. Jesus and his disciples were doing something that got their attention that they were not happy with. And they come to Jesus and they, they start saying, hey, Jesus, why are your disciples not washing their hands properly before they eat? They're not obeying the elder, the tradition of our elders. Mind you, they didn't say the traditions of Torah, the commands of Yahweh, the traditions of the elders, because something had happened over the course of, of, their, of their religious system where the Old Testament says Levites, the priests, or to wash their hands ceremonially before they eat. But there was no law, larger law for all of Israel, for the disciples to follow this law. And Jesus turns it on their head. He's like, no, 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 these are your traditions, not the traditions of the elders. 
He starts to call him out saying, you actually make oaths that actually cause you to break the actual commandments from Yahweh. He says, get away from me, you hypocrites. And he quotes Isaiah where he says, you worship me with your mouth, but your hearts are far from me. And then he goes into the teaching from our gospel where, where he basically is saying, like, it's not what you eat. And, and for, for the Jews, that was a big deal. They were all about dietary laws. They still are. I worked at Trader Joe's in college, and we had a kosher section where it was separate for the, for the Jewish people to come in. He says, it's not, no, 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 no. You're missing the point. He says, what, what comes out of the mouth is what's more important, not what goes into it. It's the heart, the, the, the things that you and I do, the bad things you do are simply a symptom of a greater disease of sin. And yes, we participate in sin. We participate in evil. Just living in a Western society, we actively or we, we passively are part of evil in this world all of the time. There's no way to get around it. And sometimes we participate in it. We actually add to the brokenness of this world. Where we look at what Jesus commands us and we say, no, I will do it my way. But why do we do that? Because of our broken hearts. See, I prepared just a great expository sermon of unpacking what's going on in this passage, kind of word by word. And as I'm sitting here this morning, as you are walking in and feeling the weight in the room, and now I have a couple hundred faces looking at me with marks on their forehead, reminding me of my mortality. We feel the weight of sin everywhere. We don't have to, we, we hide we act like we have our life together. Like on Sunday morning, I'm surprised that like 600 people are doing great. <laughs> right? We all have things that we are wrestling through, that we are struggling with, with addictions, with thoughts, with grief, with shame. So we have broken hearts. So what do we do on this Ash Wednesday when we're reminded that we are going to return to dust? Do we act like the Pharisees and just try harder? Make up new rules? Try to be more religious? Come to every single Lenten service? <laughs> yes. No. See, I'm all, I'm all for trying hard. I'm all for like, taking Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount seriously. Those are good things. Following Jesus requires effort. But that's not the first step. The first step is coming to terms with your broken heart, me coming to terms with my broken heart and throwing myself upon the mercy of Jesus Christ.
You see, right after this passage in Matthew 15, where, where the disciples don't even understand what he's talking about, where their whole religious paradigm, the scaffolding of ceremonial washing, all these things was slowly being dismantled. Matthew records the story of Jesus interacting with a Canaanite woman. Now, a Canaanite woman was painfully aware that she was not part of the in crowd. One, she was a woman. Two, she was a Canaanite. She wasn't Jewish. She knew that she had no favor upon Yahweh. Yahweh had no favor upon her. She had nothing to do with this, this God, this king of the universe that these Jews worshiped. And she's chasing Jesus down saying, Lord, son of David, which is an extremely Jewish way of calling this man, this rabbi, the Messiah. How does she know that? We don't know. And she's chasing Jesus down, the disciples, Jesus, Jesus, my daughter is possessed. Heal her. And the disciples are like, Jesus, she's embarrassing herself. She's embarrassing us. She's embarrassing you. Tell her to go away. (laughs) And there's this weird interaction where where Jesus starts to talk to her and and like, what do you want me to do for you? And she says, help me. And he starts saying this, just goes into this weird thing of base, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, why, like I came to preach to the Jews. Why should I give the food of the Jews to the dog like you? And you read that and you go, what is Jesus doing? Like, this is harsh. And this woman who knows painfully well that she has no reason to be asking for help from this rabbi who she sees as this Messiah figure. And she doesn't puff up and pretend that she deserves anything. Jesus, look at I've been good enough. I'm going to convert to your religion. <laughs> I'll pull myself up by the bootstrap. She says, you're right. I don't deserve their food, but even dogs deserve, or the dogs can eat the crumbs. She's painfully aware and willing just to take the leftovers. And Jesus looks at her, and he is amazed by her faith. Not many places in the Gospels is Jesus amazed. And what is he amazed at? At the Pharisees keeping the law? No. At the disciples dropping their nets? No. At this Canaanite woman who knows she is broken and can do nothing for her daughter on herself. And he looks at her in amazement and says she, he has found no greater faith. And immediately her daughter is healed. On this Ash Wednesday, we are called to throw ourselves upon the mercy of Jesus Christ, period. Death is coming. Unless the Lord returns, you will die. But I'm looking back 
I'm looking at a couple, about 100 people with crosses on their forehead to remind us that all is not loss. As we swim in grief, as we're angry at death, as we should be, we know how the story ends for those who are in Christ. The resurrection. As I was making the sign of the cross on many of you, knowing you've lost a loved one, thinking of my mother-in-law, thinking of my young child, seeing the babies in this, in this service right now. The day is coming. The day is coming when our broken hearts will be made whole. When our hearts of stone will be nothing but hearts of flesh, where we will not need to celebrate or mourn Ash Wednesday. but we take the next 40 days to ponder and be honest, to own, to repent, to turn from our sin, the curse in us, and say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen.